0: It starts like, te vas, pero sé que regresas. Pero lo que yo te vi no lo encontrarás jamás. Esas noches, estos días. <laughs> and it was a very long song and just keeps going. And I was determined to learn it. And you know, at the beginning, I'd just be like, oh la 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 la, and whatever. And then a friend of mine sat down with me and was like, all right, Susie, we're gonna learn this. And we spent about like over an hour playing a bit, pausing it trying to say it, playing a little bit more, learning a little bit more. <laughs> and so eventually I learned that the whole, the whole song, and that was one of my most proud moments.
1: <laughs> you arrive in your new home in the middle of the night. It's your first time living alone. Growing up in Philly, you dreamed of living in Mexico, but now you're here. Your goals? Find Mexican street corn sleep in on Saturdays, and create connections across countries. Your advice looking back? Avoid camping near burning rotten onions. And remember that, as an educator, it can be just as important to learn as it is to teach. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of Exchange Stories.
0: First, I remember hearing the The, like, tamales guy who would drive down the street and had this little, like, jingle about, like, tamales, hay de rojo, hay de verde, que rico tamale, like, very loud and would wake you up in the morning. And at first I was like, oh. I'm in Mexico. This is so great. Like I love hearing these sounds. And then by the end on a Saturday morning when I'm trying to sleep in and I hear tamales, (laughs) like oh gosh, I just want to (laughs) sleep. So those things that were so new kind of changed about halfway through. And then I think again, towards the end, then I, you know, it constantly was changing how I was interpreting my surroundings. So Then by the time I was leaving, I was like, oh gosh, should I say goodbye to the tamales guy? I'm going to miss him a little. (laughs) I think I went through kind of a, you know, ups and downs.
1: This week, the teacher becomes the student, rats become roommates, and everyone learns to sing. Join us on a journey from Philadelphia to Aguas Calientes and learning that building community far from home can change your perspective. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all.
0: These exchanges shape to who I am.
1: When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And
0: that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. Buenos días, my name is Susie, and I'm gonna be working at the Universidad Tecnológica del Retoño. My name is Susie Meyer and I'm from Philly, and I participated on the um, Fulbright English Teaching Assistantship Program in Aguascalientes, Mexico. Um, Aguas is pretty much dead center. It's about like five hours north of Mexico City driving. I think it started as like a small pueblo and now they have a more automotive industry coming in. So it's growing bigger. Um, but beautiful, beautiful little town. I sort of didn't know exactly what to expect. I remember I sort of messed up my scheduling and arrived a day early. <laughs> so everything was sort of just going with the flow and meeting people and rolling with it and rolling into this city in the middle of the night in a small neighborhood and it's dark in there and I, I walk up the stairs drop my stuff off and go to sleep <laughs> I'm like, i have no idea really where i am but i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and <laughs> see what happens <laughs> um so it was yeah it was great so i lived in this tiny little apartment. It was above a van's sneaker store. Um, so I'd have to walk through the store and say hi to them and then go out to my apartment. I was there for a while and then I started seeing like red dots all over my legs and um, woke up one night and saw little bugs on my legs. So there was like, a, they call them chinches, but it's bed bugs infested in this apartment. For weeks after that, I'd feel any kind of tingle and be like, ah. <laughs> So, <laughs> I hadn't really had much experience living on my own. And then my first experience was, you know, I didn't, I had a washer but no dryer. So, trying to figure out how to hang my clothes up. But there was a rat in my backyard. So, I had to like fend it off with a broom as I'm trying to go wash my clothes outside. And then figuring out how to cook because I didn't have a stove. So, I had a tiny electric um, stove and trying to make food there and get water. You have to buy in these huge jugs called jarafon and so I couldn't really carry it myself so befriending the man at the corner store and he would lend me his little cart to wheel my water home (laughs) Um, so all these kind of intricacies of the lifestyle that you don't you don't really know from the outside and I also have this eagerness just to connect and meet people make friends so I was talking to this woman about having a cell phone and in my head I'm like maybe maybe she'll want to get a drink later maybe we'll be friends just sort of this eagerness to really latch in and um you know maybe made me feel a little lonely but um because I didn't have that community there yet so also this kind of I just had such a anxious need to build that community and throw myself in sense of community in that neighborhood was was wonderful and um you know it wasn't just I would go to the store and buy whatever I need to buy but I would go and I'd have a conversation with him and ask how he's doing and um everything felt a little more like having that human connection with someone was very valued and necessary um which I also had with the family who rented the house to me there was a mom and her two daughters. um, And so we had a really wonderful relationship and they sort of looked out for me. um, And in turn, I would buy them Victoria's Secret underwear from the US and bring it back for them. Building those very close relationships was really um, essential for me during my my whole experience as a Fulbright. I think as a Female athlete too. It wasn't as common to see women running around. I was definitely recognized in the city as um, the like laguera who's always running around the city. <laughs> I had several taxi drivers who recognized me because I would be running throughout the city center, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I think I've seen you before." <laughs> so I think I I think I stood out um, in that way in, in my own personal active routine. (laughs) In the university, I was on the crew team and did track and cross country growing up. So I've always been very active. And my idea um, was that I wanted to incorporate movement into the classroom, um, you know, to stray away from the the lecture, um, Socratic style of students sitting and someone's preaching to them. So it was hard to get them in out of their chair and, and invested in that. And I think I also realized at times when maybe that wasn't the most effective method, especially my second year when I was there as an English teacher. And I realized that there's a lot I can learn from the other teachers and the methods that they have, which might be more, um, you know, didactic. Yeah, definitely had some crazy would like, I would take them outside and we would have games, um, running back and forth like red light green light and just kind of to freshen up <laughs> the group and these students were very creative and so that seeing that side of that willingness to be active and and um you know taking a more creative approach to to learning was great I got there, like all of the teachers wanted me to touch in there with their class. So I would bump around like throughout the whole week to multiple different classes. The goal was to be uh, sharing U.S. culture and dynamics and um, synergies between U.S. and Mexican culture also in the classroom and kind of having conversations about that um, more so than being an English teacher like grammar, which I did do a little bit of as well. I stayed another year after Fulbright working in that university as well um, just because I loved it so much so every month I sort of structured it and a lot of the other ETAs took a similar approach as looking at okay, it's, um, it's October, that's Halloween month, let's talk about the tradition of Halloween and how is that similar or very different from Dia de Muertos for example but I remember during uh, Women's History Month, I was like, okay, we're going to talk about feminism this month. <laughs> so I was in this, um, it was a, a like a technological school, which was kind of on the outskirts of Aguascalientes. So we had a lot of, s- some students from the city, but most were from like ranchos or like more rural areas. So a lot of the topics I brought up were, you know, probably pretty different than what they would normally do in class. Um, and I remember one lesson I had, and I was sort of anticipating it to be a little bit controversial and new. Um, and I decided I wanted to, um, as we were talking about feminism, and then we started talking about gender and identity. And what if we have a debate about, you know, the topic of trans people in the Olympics, thinking that that would be something totally new that, um, you know, it would be interesting to see what their perspectives were. And I was very surprised when one of my students spoke up and he um, very openly and honestly shared with the whole class that his sister was trans. I didn't expect to hear that. And so I sort of had to check myself in that moment too of like, you know, I think I'm coming in here talking about like, oh, let me share this, you know, what feminism means to this group of students who are coming from a rural background when really, some of them knew some of the topics that we were talking about way more intimately than I did Um, so that was just an example of one of my, a lesson that really checked me and was a moment where I was really learning from my students and there to stimulate conversation and bring out these sort of topics and multiculturalism and cultural differences I think in Mexico people the sense of community is different the I don't, the sense of sharing and you know, what's mine is kind of, I know there's the classic phrase of like, mi casa es tu casa, or aquí tienes tu casa, which is very true, but that extends to a lot of other things as well, in the sense of showing up to a social gathering, and you have to go around and saludar a todos, and you have to give everyone a kiss on the cheek, whether you know them or not, if they're old or five years old, and you, it's just expected, and um, at first, that would be like, oh, my gosh, we have to go around and say hello to everyone. <laughs> it's going to take forever. But I remember going home for Christmas and I walked into my um, my aunt's house who was having a Christmas dinner. And so people were there and getting things ready. And I kind of walked in. I hadn't seen anyone. and I was like, hi, you know, ready to kind of go greet everybody and be and also with the expectation that I would be received. And. It was this shocking moment of everyone just kind of kept doing what they were doing and were busy and they needed to get the turkey ready and they needed to put the food on the table. And for me, it was kind of a realization of, um, you know, I'm sure they were there happy to see me. And then in the moment when it was, you know, they were ready to check in and be like, oh yeah, how are you? But the sense of priority felt different. And I realized that was something I really loved and appreciated about Mexico was just the people-to-people, people and and that that's always the first and foremost is to make someone feel welcome. Um, and so that's something that I try to remind myself um, and bring into you know the way I interact with people today to make people feel included and valued. Um, when I've you know when I came back to the U.S. and several times, you know, visiting home throughout um, changed my way about how I understood certain cultural dynamics and social dynamics here that I are things that I want to adapt and change. Like, I feel like I've, you know, enriched my life, you know, not just myself and my memories of the experience and what I learned, but I also still have these relationships and people who I keep up with and have changed my life and my outlook and so, so I think I would say to people who haven't been outside of the country that there's, it really changes the way how you perceive your reality and enriches you with new skills and teaches you a lot about who you are and who you want to be. I wouldn't be where I am now without it. I feel very, um, very blessed and very lucky that I've connected so deeply with this, with another culture. Um, You know, a lot of times people will, they'll hear me speak Spanish and they're like, oh, but so where are you from? And I'm like, Philly. And they're like, no, but like, where are you from? (laughs) And So, and they ask if my parents are like Mexican or Latino. And I'm like, no, I just, I just really love the culture so much and the people. um, So I feel so blessed that it's something I've been able to keep as such a significant part of my life and um, that I can sh- that I show up to work every day and I'm working in a region that means so much to me and whose people and communities have really welcomed me with open arms um, and i I hope that I can continue to give back and show my appreciation. Um, I've tried a little here in d c Um, working with, um, to teach English for the, the citizenship test and trying to connect more with, um, the Latino immigrant community here in DC. Um, and then, you know, giving back here and then also for my own, you know, selfish needs of wanting to live in Mexico again, going back there and, um, working for, I don't know, for a nonprofit or we'll see what comes down the line.
1: Susie Meyer shared her experiences in Mexican classrooms as part of the Fulbright English Teaching Assistant Program, or ETA. For more about Fulbright and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We also encourage you to subscribe to 2233 and leave us a nice review while you're at it. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at Collaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Photos of each week's interviewee and complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov 2233. And we also encourage you to follow us on Instagram at 2233 underscore stories. Special thanks to Susie for taking the time to meet with us. Kate Furby did the interview and edited this segment. Featured music was Mexican Lake by Jay Martinez. Begin Sailing Trip by Dan Yankee. We wish you a Merry Christmas Instrumental by Production Music and Mexican Love by Blue Jay Studio. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time.